You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As all of wonderful show. And on today's podcast, usually on these post-game shows, I try to open with a little breakdown of the game, then talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and some other stuff. But I'm going to go somewhere else today's podcast because it's my show and I can do what I want. And I'm going to start with why I think the Pacers are arguably throwing away this NBA season. Before the Victor Oladipo trade, this team was 7-4. and four. Since that trade, they are 8-10. and 10. They are barely above 500, barely beating bad teams like the T-Wolves or the Pistons, losing to very okay teams like the Bulls and New Orleans, losing close games, blowing big leads to teams like Philadelphia, losing games they should win against Charlotte and Toronto. This team is up and down. They're not bad. They're not great. They're right in the middle, and they could have been better. Now, there's no way to predict after the Lodipo trade what could have happened with Karis LeVert, right? The team made the trade thinking they would have LeVert for the rest of the year, and I get it. They knew at that point TJ Warren was hurt for an extended period of time, so we knew they had no Warren. So they knew when they made that move, they had to replace Lodipo because the way this team is built is it can sustain one injury to the top four or five players, not two. The Pacers don't have will never probably have the best player on the court in a matchup against a good team. We're talking Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Boston. But what they could have is a really good one through eight, one through nine. If they're completely healthy, right? And because they're deep, they probably we have 10, maybe 11 guys who could play big minutes. They can sustain one injury. But two becomes too much. The minute they made the Karis LeVert trade and they realized he wasn't going to play this year, the Pacers chose to throw away this season in favor of long-term game, right? They decided that three more years of Karis LeVert in 2022, 23, and 24 were worth it, even if this season the team kind of floundered and was mediocre. And I don't know if that's the right decision. It might be. In three years, I you could tell me I'm, I was wrong, or you could tell me the team made a great move, Karis made a jump, Warren's here, all everything's all good. But the East is vulnerable right now. It has been vulnerable for really since LeBron left, right? Um, last year, we saw the Miami Heat make the NBA Finals. The year before, we saw the Toronto Raptors, who were a really good team with Kawhi, but they were a new team. They almost lost to Philadelphia. The East was wide open. We've seen it. We'll probably see a third team win the East this year would be my guess. I don't think the Heat are going to make the run this year. They don't feel like it, right? To me, when three different teams and three different years win the conference, that means it's wide open. And in those three years, the Pacers have essentially been okay with being Flatlined, right? They had a really good 2018 year. The next year, I guess you could have had an old depot. That, that was a big thing, right? But they've chosen, ultimately, that they're okay sitting in the four, five, six range right now because they think they have a better, you know, 2022 and beyond. But the East is open. If the Pacers had Victor Depot this year, and granted, he's been hurt now with, the, with Houston and who knows about the chemistry issue and whatnot. But you can't tell me if they had Vic for the rest of this year, this team wouldn't arguably be in the top three seeds. The East is not that good record-wise. Outside of Philly, who has been playing amazing basketball this season, to get to the three seed is not that hard. Um, Milwaukee is 16-12. and 12. Brooklyn is 18-12, and 12, right? So they got a few more games. But the Pacers easily could be a 19-11 and 11 team. They could be the one seed right now. Um, you know, I, I mean, a case that they're that close. Because the downhill effect, right? When you pull out Vic... 
because you have to assume Warren was hurt because you already knew that when the trade. But when you pull that Vic, you get this domino effect down the lineup, right? So it starts with you got Brogdon playing way more minutes than he should, right? So then you got Brogdon, you know, basically playing 36 minutes a game. And you got Justin Holiday playing 32 minutes. Again, more than he should. Doug McDermott playing 27. I mean, it's this domino effect. And then you got Aaron Holiday playing minutes, right? There's, you know, Aaron Holiday, who I will talk about has been better as of late, but has, but has been the reason they've lost a lot of games because he just has not been very good. And then Jeremy Lamb is playing maybe too many minutes for a guy just back from injury who's not the great defensively. Now he's been so great and shooting doesn't really, you know, matter. But there's, there's this domino effect when you got rid of Vic and then couldn't replace him that basically admitted we, they were blowing this year. Now maybe Karras comes back later in the season. Maybe Warren does too, and this team makes a tournament for the playoffs. But this team, with the way the East was this year, had a legit shot now in hindsight to be a top three seed. There, you know, Philadelphia has been good, but there are four games the Patriots could have won in their schedule and be 19 and 10 right now. You can't tell me that. I can point to four games easily they could have won. They could have beat Philly. They should have beat Toronto. They could have beat New Orleans. Uh, um, and they should have beat Charlotte. Those four wins they could have gotten. And you can't tell me if they didn't have a Victor Oladipo healthy, that wouldn't have happened. Now, it's also an if, right? He could have got hurt. All part of that. But what I'm saying is they chose this season to be mediocre. And they might even be a four through six, which is above the preseason expectations. So maybe it's okay. But the East is vulnerable. There's an opportunity here to win the East. And to be honest, right, I mean, you're one injury away from being able to be competitive in the East and win the East, right? I think Philadelphia is the best team, but you're an Embiid injury away or you're a Kevin Durant injury away or you're somebody else in the, the Bucks injury away, right? The Bucks have been proven beatable in the playoffs um, because they don't adjust. And maybe they'll be better this year because they're trying differently, but they've been proven to be, to be beatable. Uh, Philly hasn't proven anything in the playoffs yet. And the Nets, the usually big threes are most vulnerable in their first season. Next year, I wouldn't bet on that. I would bet when that big three finally gets a full year and offense under them, they'll be even better. Durant, one less year removed from injury, will be even better. This is kind of the opportunity. And that's been the issue with the Pacers is, is this last two or three years has been a window. We saw with Toronto what happens when you just have a team that can make the finals. Injuries can break your way, right? Toronto was not the best team in the NBA in 2017-18. The Golden State Warriors were. But Klay Thompson got hurt. Kevin Durant got hurt, and then all of a sudden, the Raptors are champions. Last year, the Heat were one injury away from winning that finals, right? Anthony Davis goes down, and LeBron goes down. The Heat could win that series. Unfortunately, it went the other way. They lost Gordon Dart the first game, and that was kind of it. The Pacers are not in that position right now because they traded their, I want to say, third best player probably, at least on offense, and one of their best two-way players. Um, and that was fine because you understood that it was for a long-term purpose, but you have to. we have to admit that the short-term pain sucks. Watching these games sucks. This team feels like they should be so much better, but they're relying on guys who are in position they shouldn't be in because they're down two starters. You're starting McDermott. You're starting Justin Holiday, which is affecting the bench, which means you have to play more TJ McConnell, you play more Aaron Holiday. And maybe they'll win enough games where they'll still be a top five, like I said, but it feels like this team could be better. And that's where it hurts, is this team, it feels like it's closer to being one of the better teams in the East. And it, you know, if we could just stay healthy for a little bit longer, have the right players. And by basically not null and voting that, that Karis LeVert trade, they chose to kind of mail in this season in a way. Mail in's the wrong word because the players are trying hard, but they chose not to put out their best product. They chose to say this season is okay being sacrificed because we believe the long-term value of Karis LeVert in the next three years is better than the half or you know, two-thirds left to Victor Oladipo's season. And maybe it is. We'll have to find out. But I think it's worth noting that the Pacers' 
are in a position they are right now, the lack of death, because they chose to do it. And it sucks in the short term, and watching these games hurts because it feels like this team is just one or two players off, and you know where they are. They're on the injury reserve, and they're just waiting to come back, and you want them back, but they're not there. Before we break down tonight's win over the Timberwolves, let's go to the Ultra Player of the Week brought to you by Michelob Ultra. And enjoyment isn't the end of the game, it's the whole game. And a guy who's really enjoying himself and his play as of late has got to be DeMontis Sabonis. He is my player of the week. Over his last four games, he's averaging 25.3 points, 12 rebounds and 7.5 assists. He is now the sole leader in triple-doubles in franchise history. He brought a lot of enjoyment to the Pacer fans tonight with two clutch free throws to make up for some not-clutch play on Monday night. He's really making a case for his all-star run playing some of his best basketball of late, 53% from the field in his last four games, getting to the free throw line eight, an average of eight times per game, including 11 tonight against the T-Wolves. He was 9-11 at the line. His final stat line tonight, 36 points, 17 rebounds, and 10 assists, along with three steals and one block. That is a guy who is really enjoying himself and having a good time on the court, just like a Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And that's why Demonis Sabonis is my Ultra Player of the Week. Well, the Pacers uh, pulled it out against the lowly Timberwolves, 134-128 to 128, uh, in overtime. It felt like for a few minutes in that fourth quarter, this game was a lost cause. They were down to 10 points in that fourth quarter, but they pulled their way back, clawed their way back. Thanks to Malcolm Brogdon, thanks to Sabonis. Both guys had 30-plus point nights. He had Sabonis with 36, Spartan 32. Um... I mean, I thought the team showed some resilience that they didn't really show the other night against the Bulls, right? They, they fought their way back against the Bulls and then couldn't really sustain it in overtime. This time, they were not messing around, <laughs> frankly, what it felt like, especially Brogdon Sabonis. I mean, Sabonis willed himself to that win at the end of the game. He, he willed this team, sorry, to this win by just, I mean, he's, Brogdon almost turned over the ball and Sabonis just basically stole the ball from a rebound and then from a rebound and put it in, got fouled and made both free throws. I mean, he was, he was really good. Um, but Brogdon probably, I think, at his... I want to say his best, one of his best games of the season this year. I mean, obviously he's had a lot of ups this year. You know, I think this is like a third or fourth 20-point game for him. But he had, he had he had some huge threes in that fourth quarter to kind of either extend the lead to 5 at one point, which then they also blew, and then, and then push it. And he's playing, he just played really well. I mean, he responded well to obviously not a great night against the Bulls last time. Um, I think off the bench, the key really, Jeremy Lamb, uh, I think has found the right role. Uh, as kind of the bench guy. I think I don't know what it was being the starters, but he seems to be playing better at the bench. His defense is still suspect, but his offense more than enough makes up for it, right? Two of five, three, 19 to lead the league in three-point percentage. Um, get onto the foul line, push the pace a lot in, in, in that fourth quarter. Uh, the Pacers have been off to better starts, something we've seen with McDermott, but then the bench has been bad in the second quarter, so I think maybe it just happens to be with where McDermott is is kind of what helps the team. And McDermott isn't the key to everything, but I think his spacing helps either lineup when he's in. Um, I mean, we did, I didn't the first time, but this Pacers team is short a couple guys. It just, that's what it is, right? Tonight, so they only went eight deep tonight. They didn't play any Sumner or any Goga. Um, they relied on the starters. They played Sabonis 46, Brogdon 41, uh, just only 37. I would have liked to see Turner in, in at the end of the game is the one thing I will say. They took him out by the 650 mark, and then they put him back in probably less than two minutes. Um, it felt like the Timberwolves had fought. So the Pacers went up, I think, 107, 102 on some nice offensive spurts. And then the Wolves kind of figured out the Pacers' defense, and it would be nice to have Turner back in there just to protect, basically, um, and to kind of just change it up. I think that was the thing the Pacers had to do differently was just give them 
constantly more defensive looks. The young Intermobiles team didn't know what they were doing because um, they're young. I mean, they were close to Anthony Edwards hitting game-winning shot over Turner, so that was good defense by Turner, I think, to force Edwards into that shot. But I think they could have used Turner a little earlier. Bjorken's uh, kind of shied away from, from ending with, with Turner, and something has to do with Aaron Holiday, who I will talk about at the end of the show just because I think he's starting to play better and it's kind of exciting. And he wants to ride the hot hand, whether it's Lamb or Holiday out there or whatnot. Um, but I still like to see Turner finish these games because his defense is so valuable, and I mean, I think he can do enough offensively. Maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like he can. But I thought actually tonight, Berkman did a pretty decent job just going to the starters when he needed to, right? He When the game got kind of close, he didn't just keep riding the bench. He went immediately back to Barnes most. I think they were down five, but them in, and they were able to kind of push the lead. Um, but this team is still kind of struggles. I mean, they didn't play great defense, obviously. They gave up 121 regular like session points to the T Wolves. Um, Towns had 30 points. They had a lot of miscommunication. Malik Beasley off the bench had 31. It's it's tough. Those kind of McConnell, Lamb, Holiday, Aaron Holiday lineups are tough on defensively because uh, you got two kind of below average defenders in, in Holiday and McConnell because of their size, and Lamb, who just really can't keep a guy in front of him right now, frankly. Um, this is the win they needed. So, I, you know, if you, had, if you pulled me in the fourth quarter, I would have been like extremely frustrated and disappointed. Uh, because they were, I thought they were going to lose. Obviously, the win kind of tempers that a little bit. Um, but it wasn't, like, by all means, some, like, fantastic win that we should be cheering. But a win's a win in this league. It's hard. You know, they went, they've now played two over 10 games in a row. They won, you know, in general, usually split those, right? Most teams, well, he'd be 500 in overtime games in a season. That's a win. They stay afloat in the, in the Eastern Conference, right? They're lucky, right? The league is so kind of average this season. Um, so they're 15 and 14. Boston's 14 and 14. They're losing tonight. Who did Boston? Boston's Atlanta tonight. So um, they sit about, let's see, there's about three games between them and the 11 seeded Heat. So that's, you know, one bad streak here. And then all of a sudden, they might be even in the playoffs. But they're holding they're holding serve. I mean, that four seed is probably the goal, right? That Boston 4 5 game, 4 5 matchup is a winnable matchup. And maybe Boston struggles a little more and they can draw somebody worse, like the Raptors or Knicks. Although the Raptors could be better than. Than Boston by the time the season ends, but um, that four seed is going to be important for the Pacers home games. I mean, no fans, so it might not matter. But being a top four seed is the goal. I I would hope they have a shot, maybe at jumping into the top three if they could go on a little run here. Um, they need to beat some of the better teams. You know, I think they probably, they won't play Brooklyn or Milwaukee again until the next half of the season. I believe. Let me look it up. I I'm not. I think I'm pretty sure about that. I think they play Boston later this year. Uh, later. Yeah, they play Boston again, and they play Philly, but they don't play Brooklyn or Milwaukee. Philadelphia's like they're going to run away with the East right now, the way they're playing. But, you know, they got seven games left, or eight, sorry, well, seven games left because the, the San Antonio game has been um, postponed, I believe, or has been pushed back. Been pushed back, so they've got eight games left before the, the end of this whole thing. Um, it'd be nice if they go six and two. You know the bull. They got to make up that Bulls loss by beating one of the better teams, whether that's Boston, Golden State, Philadelphia, or Denver. But if they could win three or four of those and those four teams, that'd be a pretty positive thing for this team. Um, but yeah, I mean tonight's win is good because you get the win. But there were a lot of cracks in the foundation. I think is the right way to put it. Um, and they're just trying. This team's trying to survive. I mean Sabonis and Brogdon are really good players, and that's that's what's disappointing. Is it? It feels like Sabonis and Brogdon are so good offensively some nights that like. They're able to drag this team to wins, but they don't have enough support at times. Um, they have the defensive piece there with Turner, and they have the right bench guys, too, with McDermott and Holiday in the starting lineup. It's just kind of this whole cascading effect. And I did all, all in the first segment, so I don't need to keep doing it. But um, 
it's hard, you know, it's rare you get nights like this where, you know, Brogdon hits six of seven threes. The bonus goes for a triple-double, gets the line 11 times. I mean, he's been better getting the line, but these are rare nights. And it, the fact that those two guys had such good nights and they just barely squeaked out the win says a lot about how weak the surrounding cast is right now um, offensively, frankly. I mean, they those guys combined for 68 points and the team won by six points. I mean, if you pulled me and said, oh, Spone scores 30, Brown scores 30, of course the team win by, I would have said for season 15, 20 points. I mean, it would be hard to have those guys score that many points and you not win the game, especially because of a bad Minnesota team, right? We're not talking about a squeaker, great game against Philadelphia or Brooklyn. We're talking about beating a Minnesota team who is the worst team in the league right now, um, like by a wide margin, right? They're seven, they've moved to seven and 22 with this loss. Uh, Detroit's eight and 20, but Detroit is probably a little better because I don't know. I, I just like the way they, they play a little more fight. They beat some good to better teams. I mean, Washington's not very good either, but yeah, this isn't like some great win. You just kind of got, got to take it for what it is. Um, but I want to think, I think the one encouraging thing, I think Aaron Holiday tonight, and that's what I want to talk about next. But first today's locked on Pacers podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place all your sports book action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time odds and props updated on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Inside Locked On Patriots Pockets is also brought to you by RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. If you go to RockAuto.com right now, you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need. You can find car batteries there, uh, engine filters, uh, cabin filters, anything you need for your car in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. We see all the parts available for your vehicle and the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockout.com are reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockout.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in the how do you hear about us section so they know we sent you. Main selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com We've now seen two good Aaron Holiday games in the same week. That's a, a mini reason to celebrate, I guess. So Aaron Holiday did not play great against the Bulls, only had four points, but at 18 points against the Hawks on Saturday. He had 15 tonight against the T-Wolves. Granted, both teams are not very good defensively, so a lot of opportunities to score. But um, I think it's worth mentioning that he's sort of maybe turned the corner. Um, if you take his last, you know, really since the beginning of February, right? So... He's having he has a much better stat line now. Um, he's up to like almost nine points per game, which is better for him. His three point percentage is getting a little higher now. He's closer to like 34, 35 instead of in the low, like below 30, what he was. Um, still not great. I'm not gonna act like he's playing, you know, fantastic basketball, and we should be, you know, immediately starting him and playing him big minutes. But he's starting to show that he can at least score against the bad teams and. Um, his play is the most critical play for the Pacers team just because he is that eighth or ninth guy that um, they need to step up because because of all the injuries, they're basically relying on him as like one of the most important bench offensive player scorers because he's playing in lineups with you know him, McConnell, and Lamb. And Lamb's a pretty good scorer too, but um, 
you're relying to be that number two scorer next to Lamb because McConnell's not that great of a scorer. And he's not been that great, but tonight he was good, and he deserves credit for that. Um, he's starting to, I think, maybe turn the corner. Getting to the rim, really trying to get to the rim. You know, he took four free throws tonight, which I thought was big for him. He took four the other night against Atlanta. Um, you know, some of his best games this year, he's taken a lot of free throws. And a lot, I mean, that was like four to six for him. It's pretty good for guys playing, you know, around 20 to 25 minutes a game. So, you know, I, like I said, it wasn't a lot of positive from tonight's game, but Aaron Holiday's play is one of them. He... Uh, he just like he has a little bit of that step back, right? I like I mean by that the step back is in like he's getting a little more speed. He's trying to beat off the dribble. He's trying to you know when he's playing with guys like Brian and Sabonis, he's getting favorable matchups and taking advantage of them at times. Um, he's a decent little threat from three at times. So I've liked the way he's played the past, you know, two of the last three games. He didn't play great against the Bulls, and so you know slump back. We'll see how he does on uh, the Pacers next game against the Rockets. But so far, I've kind of liked what, it, what what I've seen from him so far this week. We can take it as, as a take it a game by game still, but I think it's worth like I said worth mentioning that he's finally looking a little bit better, and that he deserves credit for that at, at, at a minimum. So the Pacers' next game is Saturday against the Rockets. Victor Oladipo did not play in um, the Rockets' Wednesday game against the Sixers. He was doubtful, so we'll see if he plays Saturday. I would not bet on it at this point, so it won't be a Victor Oladipo revenge game. Uh, then the Monday game against the Spurs has been postponed due to COVID, and the Pacers' next game after that would be. Golden State a week from from Wednesday, so really one game in the next seven days just give the team a lot of rest, good opportunities, um, just to kind of get some much needed rest after two overtime games. Tony will have a podcast tomorrow previewing the Rockets game, and then we'll be back again on Monday with our weekly show, of course, and we'll preview the upcoming games that week, which include three games: Golden State, Boston, New York. So uh, still a lot of games, even though one has been postponed. Pacers playing a lot of games in a lot of days, but. Uh, I think this next week will be good for them to get a little bit of a break, breather, recover from two extra games, we call them. They, won't, they basically play an extra quarter basketball over the last two games because of the overtime. So that'll be good for them. As always, you can follow our pockets at Lockdown Pages on Twitter. You can follow me at Freeman5, my coach Tony's at Teased MBA. That is all for Lockdown Pages Pockets. We'll see you guys again tomorrow.